0: Oh, wow.
1: Wow. We'll Europe is us. With Dino.
2: Europe is us, but who are we? Stay with us, and you'll find out. Today's topic: distant learning. Today's guest: Eric Babic, co-founder of Empatico, an institute for improvement of life quality. Eric, what exactly is Empatico?
0: We are a small non-governmental organization and institute with a mission on improving quality of life through non-formal education. Uh, We are teaching useful psychological knowledge and skills to different populations. Uh, We deliver soft skill workshops. We help people how to um, deal with stress. We help uh, young adults with career development and career management. And we also help companies and other uh, organizations to build their teams and to work on their communication.
2: And how did you adapt your work during the pandemic? Uh,
0: yeah, uh, the, the first part, the, the delivering workshops, it was actually great. We adapted very quickly and we found an opportunity to, um, to discover new technologies, to discover new ways of uh, engaging learners and it was actually a fun process. Uh, The difficult part was um, the work inside of the organization because um, when we started, we were all living in the the same student dorm. So we were hanging together a lot. We were having lunches, we were having fun, and it was like a community and we were working and um, socializing. But when the municipality lockdown was uh, ordered and we had to go home, we grew apart a bit uh, because we weren't together as much. And then after a whole day of having lectures online, it was difficult to spend another two hours on a weekly meeting again on the screen. And so, and you don't have that contact, that feeling of um, talking with like a friend, with a human, Uh, it's more like a window on the screen. So yeah, that was the difficult part.
2: What would you say are the pros and cons of working remotely based on your fieldwork experience?
0: Well, teaching uh, for me and for our team is interesting um, because you really have to be, uh, and you can be uh, innovative and um, you really have to learn how to interact with learners. Uh, And we started using uh, first the Zoom and the Zoom reactions, Zoom rename, zoom um that uh, whiteboard that you can use then we moved to other um applications and programs and it was interesting how much of the of the um like tools you can use to build a connection that although it's not like a real life connection but still you engage them and um they were learners were uh, actually They felt connected. So I think we succeeded in that. Um, Learning on the other side is okay if you have a strong internet connection, if you're able to pay attention, if you have support at home and you're willing to cooperate and to learn. It's much easier to start daydreaming or multitasking if you're working from home or you're learning from home. So we can see that there are a lot of um, obstacles in the way of learning when you're learning from home. But there are also some upsides, of course. Um, like you don't have to travel to get to the workshop or to the school. So um, for my master thesis, I was doing a stress management program and it was online. So I could have people from all over Slovenia and it was the, the distance was not a problem. Uh, so that was great
2: make things a bit more personal, Eric, a few personal questions for you. What is your favorite memory?
0: Okay, right now when you ask me, uh, my favorite memory is sitting on the beach of Mali Loshin on one special special rock that is like a chair. And I was, I was there with a girlfriend and the sun was shining and it was warm and uh, beautiful. <music>
2: You probably can't wait to get back to that rock. This one is a bit harder. What is your worst fear?
0: Worst fear? Right now, I would say uh, getting eaten by a dog. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, getting uh, bite, bitten.
2: And what would be your biggest wish?
0: My biggest wish? To to have a center for uh, like... Um, adults that want to rest with a professional support. So like a stress management uh, center in my village, Smokvica.
2: In today's Watchdog's perspective, our section in which we present opinions of young journalists who are not traveling far from Slovenia. Our next stop is Croatia, where Eric's favorite rock on Malilošin is located as well. Today's Watchdog is Domagoj Plantak, who is working for 24 sata in Croatia.
1: When it comes to distance learning in Croatia during the lockdown in 2020, uh, I think most of the work uh, was handed to the lecturers themselves. You know, uh, every professor had to come up with its own way of online teaching in order for their students to learn from them efficiently. And even then, some subjects uh, just wouldn't perform well because there was very little previous experience uh, with online tools and platforms, both for the professors and students. Uh, I'm saying this because some of these things appear to be true according to research that my colleague Bonashkov and I conducted, uh, mentored by Professor Jelka Bagaric from University North in Croatia. Uh, our case of study uh, was experiences of distance learning from both students' and professors' perspectives, which was later accepted and published uh, as a scientific paper. Uh, so according to that, uh, I think... Uh, every higher education institution in Croatia uh, was on its own. Yes, uh, the government gave them some general guidelines and applied COVID measures uh, as in every other country, but most of the responsibility and most of the effort to make distance learning as much as appealing, uh, as much as possibly effective uh, as classic learning was thanks to the professors themselves, who again weren't all able to perform uh, in the way they wanted to. Uh, Me, as a bachelor of journalism, haven't properly touched camera in a lecture hall at our university. Uh, I was taught how to use camera through a video on Google Meet platform. Uh, So I don't have to explain any further uh, what consequences uh, does that leave on my technical skills when it comes to photography. Uh, And you can only imagine how hard it must be, for example... Uh, for nursery students to practice blood sampling in an online environment. Uh, however, yeah, I believe we can minimize all this in future if Croatian government provides more, uh, I don't know, uh, workshops and seminars uh, that shall educate professors on how to deal with online challenges, uh, so they don't need to educate themselves uh, while they're trying to prepare another online lecture, uh, which already takes, well, an enormous amount of time.
2: Let's see how the EU is helping fund distant learning and let's have a look at Portugal to check this. For example, thanks to the support of the EU, Portugal invested almost 100 million euros in public schools under the Digital Transition of Education plan. With this funding, they will purchase computers, ensure quality internet connections, provide vital digital support services that will help around 165,000 students and 80,000 teachers. And back to Eric in Slovenia. In 2021, Slovenia had one of the longest school lockdowns in Europe. Europe. what will be the consequences of the lack of social relations among youth?
0: Yeah, it, it really varies from person to person because uh, we had different conditions. And um, first of all, a, a big part of social connections and relations moved to the Internet. And I mean, it's, it's not the same as face to face, but the research shows that those who moved their communication online and didn't stop communicating with other people, um, the the effects on them weren't so detrimental. They they were okay uh, with that. Um, And it it also differs what kind of environment they have at home. So if they have parents with uh, which they have a good relationship, if they have siblings and they're also friends with them, it's much easier to, to go through like a really um, difficult situation like a lockdown. but if you have a supportive environment at, at home, it, the effects are not um, so uh, so big and so uh, scary. But of course in, uh, in some cases, there are increased there is increased use of alcohol, drugs, excessive time playing video games, and all the other things that people use to like fill a void that that, uh, appeared because of this lack of social uh, contact. Uh, But I am an optimist, and I think in general we have a strong community, and although students missed a few months of being with friends, I think they compensated that with family and with friends that are close to home, uh, and with digital connections so i think that on the the that social um, social part of the lockdown problem was not so um so uh, so um i don't, was not so big
2: This time in the voice of Gen-Z, our section in which we present different opinions of young people from different countries, our guests are Svetoslav, a student, and Georgi, a young teacher from Bulgaria. First, Z sounds like a zombie. Second, I don't think I'm in this group because I like to read books. When we are online, it is a little different because we cannot communicate with each other during the inter-hour and it is a little more boring. It is strange to be constantly in front of your computer. For example, you can't go out and you can't talk to your friends and go somewhere together. Some teachers give us different projects. For example, they have given us a German theater. And it can generally be done online, but it won't be so fun. Online, it is more difficult to study, and a lot more material has been missed. At least, I try to learn everything I can, but it is still easier when it is done live. I teach children from grade 7 to 12, and I can say that the children are very well prepared. I see it with my eyes and every day, and I am convinced of how capable the children are. They do so many things. Things I may not have done when I was in student age, and I see how active and capable the children of the Generation Z are. I also see many advantages in distance learning. When we were learning with students online, I even had the opportunity to show them more, as it was much easier for me. I had access to all kinds of things, all kinds of servers, to all information, and even the study material was not lost. It was even better than in the present form. The disadvantage of distance learning was direct communication between students. Live contact was lost. Because they are constantly communicating on social networks, their phones are constantly in the hand. Just live contact was lost between them. this, in turn, did not interfere with training. The training happened and even in some aspects better than when done
0: live.
2: We're back in Ljubljana, Slovenia and with Eric. Eric, I'd like to hear your advice. What can we do better in terms of schooling in case of another coronavirus crisis?
0: If we learned, we will see in the future. But I think that, first of all, we shouldn't close the the schools as a first measure against the COVID. Um, Like we should appreciate education and development of children and not put it under um, the economy. Like to prioritize economy over development of children. I think both of them are important. So like if if we we were able to find a way to leave the economy open I believe that we could find a way to leave the schools open, but yeah, it's it's a it's a thing of uh, policy, and I, I hope that now will be better. And for the next crisis, that we will have um, better and more um, more professional response to the crisis. Uh, but I also think that even if we will go online, that there should be like a better plan that it's not that because the teacher as you said teachers had to be uh flexible and uh, not all of them were innovative enough to engage with students some of them just gave notes and they said learn that but knowledge isn't like i give you information but it's a structure it builds and it's a process that you need to be involved in so um yeah i think that it should be like, um, there should be also like, teachers should be educated how to deliver online uh, lessons. And uh, one thing that is really important and in non-form, uh, non-formal uh, education for adults, it's like a main principle that you have to motivate learner so that he will, he will really learn. You need to motivate him that he understands that this subject is important. And I see this uh, lacking in our school system. Uh, teachers are not uh, enthusiastic about what they're uh, talking. They, the, It's like they also think this is not important. So why would a kid want to learn something if he sees that the teacher is not interested in what he's talking about? So it's just something that has to be taught, has to be said, has to be done. And then you will write that in the test and this is it. But it, it shouldn't be like that. Um, and in the light of that, we should also reconsider priorities what are really the learning goals. Because right now, there is a lot of unnecessary things in, uh, in those plans. So I think we could a bit restructure that so that it would be also easier for teachers to motivate students because there would be no... Um, like ballast you know.
2: thank you eric and thanks everyone for your attention don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and listen to what we have to say because europe is us